Pontius Pilate, governor of Judea, Roman, in charge of a whole legion of the Roman army. You would think that if anybody could have stopped this farce of a trial, this railroading to death of Jesus, it could have been Pilate. Pilate, who truly believed that Jesus was totally innocent, you would have thought that a man who represented the world government of Rome with all that power that that held could have said enough. But he didn't. Instead, he too was part of those who crucified Jesus. Why? Why does such a powerful man, a seemingly powerful man, buckle under and crucify Jesus? Well, if you paid any attention to the liturgy at all, you know the answer to that, don't you? <laughs> Pilate was afraid. It's that simple. Pilate was afraid. A riot. He was afraid of a riot. This crowd of people who were getting out of control, who were yelling, crucify him, crucify him, and worried that there might be a riot. Pilate's afraid. Jews had rioted before. It wasn't too long before this that there had been a massive riot. And the Roman soldiers had stepped in. And by the time it was over, hundreds of Jews lay dead in the courtyard. A massacre, they called it. Pilate could have done that again. But he was afraid. If that would have been the only thing, then maybe history would be different. John's gospel gives us more insight into the dynamics that are going on in this part of the trial of Jesus. In John chapter 19, Pilate takes Jesus, has him flogged. That's when they get, he put the crown of thorns on his head and get the purple robe on him and they mock him and slap him and all of this kind of thing. And then Pilate brings him out before the crowd again. I think maybe to try and get pity for Jesus. He says, I'm bringing him out to you that you may know that I find no guilt in him. So Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe and Pilate said to them, Behold the man. When the chief priests and the officers saw him, they cried out, Crucify him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, Take him yourself and crucify him, for I find no guilt in him. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and according to that law he ought to die, because he has made himself the Son of God. 
And then verse 8. When Pilate heard this statement, he was even more afraid. He entered his headquarters again and said to Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. The Jews said, Jesus claims to be the Son of God. And all of a sudden, Pilate is more afraid. In his pantheistic mythology gods of Rome, the superstitions connected with that, all of a sudden, Pilate thinks he's in over his head. Where do you come from? Who are you? Pilate may be afraid that Jesus is one of the gods in disguise. And is he dealing with something more than what is showing at face value here? And Pilate's afraid. He's beginning to realize he's in over his head. There's more going on here than just what seems to be. And it scares him. But there's more. When Jesus doesn't answer, Pilate says, From then on, Pilate sought to release him. But the Jews cried out, If you release this man, you are not Caesar's friend. Everyone who makes himself a king opposes Caesar. So when Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judgment seat at the place called the Stone Pavement and in Aramaic, Gabbatha. That was the day of the preparation of the Passover. It was about the sixth hour. And eventually he says, so he delivered him over to them to be crucified. The great historian of this time period, Dr. Paul Meyer, gives us some insight into why that statement that when he heard those words, Pilate got nervous. The words, if you release this man, you are not Caesar's friend. You see, there was a group of men called the Friends of Caesar. It was an elite group, a club, if you will, of those men who had done things in service to Caesar to where Caesar felt he could trust these men above all others. They were special. They were his inner circle, if you would. They were the friends of Caesar. And Pilate was one of them. He was a friend of Caesar. But prior to this time, at least twice, Pilate and the Jewish leaders had clashed over different things. And both times, the word got back to Caesar about it, and Caesar, of all things, sided with the Jewish leaders instead of with Pilate. 
And with the second of those, Caesar sends a letter to Pilate saying, I've had enough with all of this unrest in Judea. Get it taken care of. I don't want to hear another word out of Judea. And if I do, you're no friend of Caesar's. You're going to get kicked out of the club. And to get kicked out of that club would have cost Pilate his position, his career, and maybe even his life. All of a sudden, the Jewish leaders play a trump card. If you don't, you're no friend of Caesar's. Caesar's going to hear about it. And all of a sudden, Pilate is afraid for his job, his career, his life. Everything is on the line. Pilate is afraid. Afraid of the riot, the crowd, what he's involved in, who this might be, and now his career and his life are on the line. He's afraid. And in that fear, even though he is absolutely convinced that Jesus is innocent, out of fear, he will crucify Jesus. He will allow an innocent man to die because he's afraid. You ever been there? You ever been afraid? You ever let your fears determine your actions? And what you say? Have you ever compromised your morality or your words, your life? Because if you were afraid of what might happen if you didn't? We live in a world that makes us afraid, don't we? If you don't toe the line with what the boss wants, if you don't do it his way, you might lose your job. He can do that. And you're afraid. And sometimes bosses ask us to do things that aren't according to the will of God. And we have to make choices, don't we? And in that fear, we choose wrong. Sometimes we're afraid for our jobs, our careers. Sometimes maybe even for our very lives, aren't we? The world can make us afraid. And in that fear, sometimes when we weigh it between what God wants and what we feel we better do because we're afraid, we too crucify Jesus don't we? I thought it was really interesting 
You know, when I put these whole services together, I was not looking at the believe material at all. And yet, if you caught it in the liturgy, in that prayer, fear of sharing our faith and love. That's one of the areas we as Christians are really afraid of, aren't we? We don't do that well. Partly because we're afraid. We're afraid we won't get the message right. We're afraid of what people will say about us. We're afraid of what people will think. We're afraid if we, if we hold that banner up too high, we're going to get called all kinds of names and everything else. And so we don't. We don't witness. And Jesus taught in our lesson, if you acknowledge me before men, I will acknowledge you before God. We are to share our faith. And yet out of fear, we do not. Fear runs us a lot. I know it does me. Probably does you too. And when I add that to the other things that we've been talking about, the times that I want to do it my way, the times that I try and control God, the times that I let the crowd because I want to fit in, control what I think and do. And now when I let my fears, the sin piles up, doesn't it? And I understand why Jesus was crucified and why I too crucify Jesus. Why he hung on that cross for me, for you. Why he had to die for us. Jesus taught about fear. He says we don't have to fear men. The worst they can do is kill our bodies. If you've got to fear somebody, fear God who can damn you to hell. That's basically what that passage is saying. Don't fear men. All they can do is kill you. Fear God. He can, hell, he can send you to hell. And that's true, isn't it? Because of our sin, that's what we deserve from our God, is to be sent to hell. We want to fear Him more than we fear anything and anybody in this world. But the great and wonderful message of Lent is we do not even have to fear God. Did you hear it? You are worth more than many sparrows. God loves you and me enough to crucify his son so that all of your fears, all of the sins that you commit out of fear are gone, are washed away. We are cleansed. We don't have to fear man or God. Because in Christ Jesus, we are God's. He loves us. He stands with us. He goes before us. He is there to guide and direct. The almighty creator of the entire universe with all of his power is on our side. Who do we have to fear? What do we have to fear? Not even God himself. 
We don't have to fear anybody or anything. God is in there. If we lose our job, God will take care of us. If people ridicule us and make fun of us, God will say, I love you, and you are special to me. He is there to bless us. We can boldly proclaim him. We can witness our faith in what God has done in Jesus Christ and his love for us. And let a fearful world know that there is no reason for fear. The wonder of Lent is that in Christ, fear is gone. Because our God is for us. My fellow Christians, fear not. You have nothing to fear. Live your life for your God. Boldly proclaiming in your actions and your words His love which casts out all fear. Amen. And may the peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in this God who loves you so much that you have absolutely nothing to fear ever. Amen.